you felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Yes, I am back. I am here. It's a Taste to Consider podcast. I'm your host, Dirk Silver. The Matrix is a system, Neil. That system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. Were you listening to me, Neo? Or were you looking at the woman in the red dress? Were you looking at the woman in the red dress? Are you paying attention, people? Are you paying attention? I am back. Yes. It's been a month since you last heard from me. Yeah, I took a month off. No biggie. You probably missed me. I missed you too. But I'm back. We're here. Shout out to the Unproductive and Unapologetic Podcast. Check us out. We on all podcast platforms. We got two new episodes up, if you haven't been keeping up. Two new episodes. Very good. Very insightful. Very deep episodes. And also just a different flavor from this podcast, A Taste to Consider. Check us out. I'm Rip on that show. Today I'm Derek Silver on the Taste to Consider podcast. We're here. It's November. November 1st. New month. New mindset. New you. New me. <laughs> Ain't that what they say? Okay, so it's been a while since you heard from me. And what's been going on? What's been going on? Uh, so we got Kanye. Kanye is in the news. Kanye West. Of course he's in the news. Why wouldn't he be? All the stuff going on with him. Um, his new album has come out. All the back and forth talk from fans and media and stuff about uh, his new album. His gospel album, as he calls it. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I've heard a lot about it. I've been mostly looking at a lot of the interviews that he's been doing. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting, to say the least. Um, also, um, I embarked on a uh, workout challenge for myself. Um, 38 days to my 38th birthday. Today is day nine. I've been working out every day so far, planning to work out all the way to my 38th birthday. And the reason I'm doing this is because uh, if anybody knows me or paid attention, uh, I stayed in the gym, stayed in the gym religiously. <laughs> um, but I fell off. I didn't go to the gym for probably like uh, three months. Um, yeah. Didn't necessarily have a 
Well, I won't say I didn't have a particular reason about it because I talked about it uh, with my therapist, how that I just wasn't feeling the gym as of lately. Um, My mindset around the gym was just uh, totally different. I felt like it it wasn't healthy for me. And I'll go into that later on another podcast episode. I have that planned out for you. But, um, yeah, 38 days to my 38th birthday. Today is day nine. I already worked out today. Um, I've been uh, chronicling it on my uh, Instagram page. Uh, What's my Instagram page? Um, I have a a few of them. Let me see. Um, It's uh, am underscore. And um, that page is my page for everything. I post uh, on that page for my blog, for Unproductive and Unapologetic, A Taste to Consider, my spiritual stuff. Um, So I've been chronicling uh, my 38 days to my 38th birthday on my Instagram story. Um, Just every day I've just been posting on there videos of... uh, what I've what I actually done that day, just checking in to it's mainly for myself, just to keep myself accountable um with this. But it's going good so far. Um I'm not doing it for any particular reason as far as losing weight or trying to get a a certain um look with my body or anything. I just trying to get back into the floor of things, keep myself accountable, try to stick to challenge myself just Put something out there, write it down, and say, I'm going to do this. This is when I'm going to do it, and keep it moving. So far, it's been going great. Um, My endurance has been shaky, but other than that, I'm to the point now. uh, My mindset is I can't wait to get to the gym. So right now, even after I left the gym earlier today, um, I couldn't wait for Saturday to get back in the gym. It's Friday night, uh, recording. Uh, let me get into my drink choice and my cigar choice. Uh, I'm drinking the Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And uh, the cigar that I'm smoking is, um, uh, this is going to be a tough one for me to pronounce. It's called Taba, Taba Calera Perdomo. It's spelled T-A-B-C-A-L-E-R-A. Perdomo, P-E-R-D-O-M-O. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's an okay cigar. It's it's, it's really to tobacco-y if you <laughs> if you understand that it tastes solely like tobacco. Um, not one I'm I will actually pick up again, but you know I wanted to try something new to give y'all for the show. Uh, the drink is good. Um. I usually have no problem with any type of bourbons or whiskeys. They're pretty good. Uh, as far as going with the cigar, um, it takes away some of the, the strong taste. The drink taste takes some of the strong uh, taste of the cigar away, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strong. Yeah, if you've been listening for a while, you know it's going to be those silent moments where I take a couple of puffs. Uh, 
But a while ago, uh, when I was recording uh, with the Unproductive and Unapologetic podcast, I had a great cigar. I picked this up at the same time that I picked the one that I'm smoking now a couple of weeks ago. And it's called, um, what's this, uh, Natural Drew Estate. Um, that was one of the best cigars that I've I've had, period. Um, to describe it, it uh, the first puff that I took, it had like a sweet taste to it. And on the packaging and everything, it didn't say that it was a, a flavored cigar because they had flavored cigars, but it didn't say it was a flavored cigar, but it had a sweet aftertaste to it. So it was real good, you know. It wasn't that strong. Um, had that that sweet aftertaste, and it didn't linger. The the uh, tobacco taste didn't linger. So that was one of the best cigars that I've had in a while. Um, so let's get into this episode. The topic for uh, today. Um, I'm titling this episode childish inside yes childish inside and uh behind that that topic uh title is um we're going to be talking about uh the inner child yes the inner child and the reason that um i came up with this topic um it was a it was a post on uh social media that I came across that that struck me a little bit. Um, it resonated with me. Um, and let me read it. It says, trauma keeps you in a loop of your past. You'll, you'll be 25 with an eight-year-old mindset and thought process. That's why you people please overextend yourself or stay places longer than you should have. Your inner child is screaming, saying, finally, someone loves me. And I saw that, and it just it just resonated with me because I remember uh, back in the back in the day, a few years ago, I used to always say how um, how even though like I'll use uh, twenty five as an example, I used to say. Um, yeah, I'm 25 years old, but I still feel like I'm a young child in certain areas of my life. I used to always say that and always feel that way. Uh, like certain uh, aspects like my confidence and stuff like that. Um, and without me knowing at that time how I was dealing with uh, social anxiety and how it, you know, it was affecting me in, in situations with like uh, being in school, high school, college, and stuff like that. So, um, and then I wind up having a conversation with my therapist about it. Uh, I was explaining to her uh, certain situations that was going on in my life or just questions that I had for her. And she mentioned about me doing more inner child work. And I just kept seeing stuff about inner child, inner child, inner child on social media. And, you know, with it resonating with me, period, with uh, being confirmation that I, I need to dive more in depth into my inner child work and me actually having a conversation about it on the podcast, because um, I'm only giving you the inner introduction. 
And, you know, it's up to you at at the point of introduction, uh, you know, where you're going to take it in your own life. Because we all have an inner child, you know. We all have an inner child. No one is immune from it. And I know you're probably saying, like, oh, come on, Dirk, man, I'm just trying to live my life. Exactly. You're trying to live your life. But are you actually living your life free? Because I can definitely sit here and say to you, with the inner child stuff that I've gone through in the past and some of the stuff that I go through today, that I haven't been living the quote unquote, my best life. I haven't been living free. You know, I haven't been living the way that uh, God intended for me to live. So it, I feel like, you know, not to always be serious or anything like that. But if you expect to, if you have dreams, if you have ambitions, goals, if it's certain things that you want out of life, and you're just not seeing yourself get to those places, then, you know, it's certain areas in our life, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, that we have to do work in, you know? So, at the same time of doing any type of healing, any type of inner work or anything like that, you can still have a good time. You can still have a great life, you know? Healing, doing any type of inner work, is an ongoing process. You're going to be doing that till the day you die. No one is ever going to have a perfect life, a perfect moment, a perfect step in their life. It's everything always comes down to our beginning and how our minds were shaped, how our emotions were shaped. So all that stuff plays a part. So you ha- you have to do some type of inner work. And where it all begins is your inner child. So let me start off by going into uh, actually what inner child is. And I did a, a lot of research. It took a month for this whole show to come together. For the, every time I felt like, okay, I'm going to record this, this night. or I'm going to record this day. I'm going to record this weekend. Something kept popping up to say, add this to the show. No, read this, add more understanding to it, not only for myself, but in order to give to you. So, you know, I did a lot of reading on this. Um, I didn't want to just come with just my my story of the some of the some of the inner child work that I have done, you know, because when it comes down to it, like in my experience, since I've come out and talked about my depression, anxiety and stuff, some people have celebrated. Some people have looked at it like I was trying to get attention. And some people just downright looked at it like I was a, a cancer. <laughs> Seriously. I, I've seen people walk away from me and not want to deal with me <laughs> because I've talked about it. And it made me uncomfortable at first, but I all I looked at it as, you know, um, they have their own stuff going on. And usually when people feel uncomfortable with something that you're saying or going through or whatever, it's because they're going through it as well and they don't want to face it. So, you know, I got over that hump. But um, inner child, um, some of the things that I, I I read and, you know, just things that I figured out on my own is, you know, the inner child is basically, you know, the childlike aspect of uh, your unconscious, your unconscious mind. 
it, it reflects the child that uh, you were, both in positive and negative ways. Um, uh, you know, your unmet needs, uh, suppressed emotions, um, uh, creativity, uh, and those re uh, repressed emotions, you know, deal with all types of things you were taught as a child, you know, from your parents or whoever uh, raised you. And even, you know, outside of who raised you, just all things that you learned as you were coming up as a child. Um Let me take a sip real quick. And the one of the ways that I, I've looked at the inner child is that, you know, um, that was the moment where you needed to be seen and heard as well as wanted to be seen as heard. And that's why I will always believe and and, you know, uh, think that, you know, everybody wants to be seen and heard, no matter how how great you think your life is. Everybody wants to be seen and heard. And it's positives to that and there's negatives to that. But it all starts with your inner child. And that's 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 what I believe. And based on a lot of things that I've read, it, it, it backed that up to a degree. Um, you know, your inner child. uh Within you can hold sadness, anger, and any type of trauma from, you know, feeling rejected. So just think about certain moments in, in your in your childhood where you felt rejected and pattern it up to situations now in your adult life where, you know, you feel rejected. That's, excuse me, that's pretty much your same emotions. <laughs> What's funny is I burped and I get people a lot, uh, Letting me know, yeah, I know I'm always going to get a burp from you on the show. <laughs> so that's my bad. But when you smoking and drinking, that's that's, that's what's going to happen. But, um, yeah. And this is the inner child is 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 very interesting because when I was when I was uh, when it was given to me from my therapist, um. And this is this is a story I'm going to tell. Um, when it was given to me th to my uh, from my therapist, I was um, I didn't really I understood what she was saying, but it I didn't connect with it personally. And what was interesting was, um, at the time before she even brought it up to me, uh, I had these pictures of myself as a kid at my house. Random pictures, and they was in a drawer in my bedroom, and it was of my three-year-old self and my eight-year-old self, and I never understood why I had these pictures at my at my house. I knew I got them from my parents' house, but it's tons of pictures at my parents' house of me when I was a kid. So I'm thinking to myself, why do, why did I only bring these pictures with me? Why didn't I just bring all of them with me? I didn't, you know, I didn't know the significance or understand the significance of why I brought these pictures home with me. So I had the pictures for a while, even before I started going back to therapy. So when I started going back to therapy again, 
Um, that's, you know, we start, me and my therapist start talking about inner child, inner child work and stuff like that. And she uh, said to me, you know, uh, she recommend me doing uh, inner child meditation, uh, doing like some journaling and stuff like that. So I said, yeah, okay. You know, that's why I said in in the therapy session, this was towards the beginning when I first started going to her. And some time went by and I still had these pictures sitting in the house. I didn't do any inner child meditation or no no journaling or nothing like that. I was just going with the motions. Let me take a puff. And of course, I got to stop and take puffs from time to time because I don't want the cigar to go out. But um, like I was saying, I had the uh, pictures, wasn't doing the things that she suggested. So one day I was at work and I don't remember what made me do it. But I went into the meditation room at work. I made a meditation room at work and I went in there. And I went on YouTube, and I was just going, I was doing my my normal meditation time. I had a normal meditation time where I would go in the room, do like 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes meditation, guided meditation on YouTube. So something told me to look up inner child meditation. So I looked it up. I started off the meditation. It said, uh, picture yourself as well as your... Um, your younger self or younger selves in a field playing. And I didn't force myself to do to picture any any form of myself younger. Uh but what popped up was my three year old and eight year old self in that meditation. Didn't force it. This is what exactly happened. During that meditation they said, look at yourself your younger self, your younger selves, examine them, you know, pay attention to how they're acting, what they're doing. So my three-year-old self, I don't remember anything about being three years old, but my three-year-old self doing this meditation in that field was smiling, playing, having a great time. Typical kid. My eight-year-old self was reserved, uh, quiet, wasn't playful. At eight years old, wasn't that way at all. So the person doing the meditation said, you know, examine your your younger selves, examine how, how they're interacting. So my three-year-old self was playing with the eight-year-old, jumping around and stuff like that. The eight-year-old was being totally overly protective of the three-year-old, holding his hand, you know, watching him and stuff like that. And I was only at my age, the myself today was being the observer of everything at that point of the meditation. So observing them, the three-year-old playing, eight-year-old just being there. He was just, he was just there. He wasn't even being, he was just there. So uh, as the meditation went on, they said um, something like uh, hug, your, hug yourselves and stuff like that. So 
I was hugging him and stuff. Uh, I was playing with him. At that point, I wasn't the observer. I was interacting with them. And I was playing with the three-year-old and the eight-year-old. He wasn't, he wasn't, he still wasn't being playful. He he was just there. But, you know, at that point of the meditation, I felt as, as though I was the parent of the three-year-old and the eight-year-old. And the meditation, I believe, was about f- between 15 and 20 minutes. So they was, they was, uh, the person doing the meditation was saying how, you know, uh, say certain things to yourself, I love you, stuff like that, you know, be affectionate and stuff, all those type of good things. And I was doing that. And at that point, they, I became the observer again. They told me to watch your younger selves walk away, you know, let them go. And as I was watching them walk away, the three-year-old was skipping and hopping and stuff, and the eight-year-old was holding his hand. And once that meditation was over, and I lied to you not, I, I started busting out crying. I was sitting at work in that meditation room crying, bawling, crying. I couldn't believe it. That was like the first time I cried in probably like some years. And it was very, um, I felt free in that moment because I got to see, I got to see myself younger. You know, not me not knowing who my three-year-old was, me knowing a little bit of my eight-year-old. I remember a few aspects of being eight years old. And after sitting there crying and stuff, I had to reflect on all that. And I came to the conclusion that I understood why that eight-year-old was the way that he was based off of certain things that I, that I remember going through as an eight-year-old uh, growing up. And this is just a disclaimer off of everything. This is not to sit here and blame my parents or any other adults that I had interactions with when I was younger, because, you know, uh, we have to understand, and something that I had to understand is that our parents did the best that they could. You know, there may be some bad apples that just did stuff on purpose, but majority of our parents, they did the best that I could, best that they could. And we have to understand that, you know, a lot of the things that we picked up were just things that they picked up from their childhood, things that they didn't heal from, you know, traumas, uh, being rejected, neglected, all that, you know. Um, their inner child, as well as our inner child, was just an echo of the child that, you know, they once were. Excuse me. So that 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 meditation surprised the hell out of me because I didn't expect to be sitting there at work crying. <laughs> and you know as grown men, particularly grown black men, that ain't something that we just sit around and do or admit. <laughs> but it was a very uh, 
good thing for me. And that was like the only time that I did it. I I haven't done it since. Um, it was suggested to me again when I talked to my therapist about it, but I haven't done it again. I plan to, but I think I've been kind of running from it for some reason. I don't, I don't know exactly what that reason is, but it can be, I'm not going to lie, it can be difficult to deal with past traumas and stuff like that, even with a lot of the writing that I do in my blog, which is the greatestiamblog.com, Instagram, greatest.i.am.blog. Um, it could be difficult going back and, you know, experiencing those things again. But what I what I found and, you know, things that I've read is it's better to go back and experience it and heal from it as opposed to keep repeating those same situations over and over again, whether it's with any type of trigger that you have in your life, uh, whether it's coming from a person or a place or a thing, you know. Because all you're doing is, if you're not healing from it, you're just experiencing it over and over and over again. And that's basically just opening up the wound the wound even more. Um, yeah, so that was that was my story about my my inner child meditation. Some of the some of the inner child work that I've done so far uh, in my healing process. Um, We've gone into the definition of inner child. Um, uh, I read to you the post that uh, sparked this episode. Um, let me get into. Um, let me get into some of the signs, some of the things that I've read, and just just things that. I I know myself that are signs of my inner child being wounded. Um so of course low self-esteem, uh poor body image, uh mood and emotional balances, uh problems with boundaries, uh eating problems can be one, harming yourself, uh Psychosexual difficulties, and this is something from an article that I read. So I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to read about that. But I think I know. I I think I know pretty much what they're talking about. From what I'm getting from that is, uh, you know, just being overly irresponsible sexually, just going out here sleeping with somebody to to keep them in your life and stuff like that, or to control them. Um, of course, being false, wearing masks. We all wear masks. Uh, identity problems, being a rebel, a hoarder, a bully, uh, having a victim mentality, uh, overachiever, intimacy problems, commitment problems, uh, lack of trust, uh, what else, uh, being obsessive, uh, fear of authority figures, uh, being manipulative, um some other things uh already said uh you know being a people pleaser uh strong having a strong you don't have a strong sense of identity uh you know lack of confidence and stuff uh low self worth 
your like of being in conflict with other people. Um, constantly criticizing yourself, trying to be a perfectionist, um, abandonment issues, and just reading some of these things, they resonate with me. So I'm pretty sure they resonate with you. And there's nothing to be ashamed of because this, is, this isn't something that we ask for. This isn't something that we put on ourselves. You know, this is learned behavior. And like I will always say, everything starts with the mind. Um, people always say, uh, you know, actions speak louder than words. But, you know, thoughts start everything. Then they go into words. Then they go into action. So all of it is equally important. We have to stop running off these labels that we getting from society about these cliche statements, actions speak louder than words. All that shit is important. <laughs> Excuse my language. All that shit is important. Uh, we got to stop putting these um, these different percentages on things. All that shit is important. Um, yeah, those some of the signs of uh, that you're you have a wounded inner child. And like I said, I resonate with some of those things um, as far as, you know, uh, I dealt with low self-esteem. Uh, one of the main uh, things, one of the main symptoms I've had with my depression and anxiety, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, um, uh, trust issues, abandonment issues, um, uh having the need to to be to feel uh safe emotionally and mentally which uh rolled over to spiritually um i used to you know kind of line up my relationship with god uh with my relationship with uh my parents, particularly my dad, you know, not fully having trust in God uh, because I didn't necessarily have the strongest relationship with my dad. So uh, as growing up, you're taught that God is a he. So me looking at God and also God is your father. So looking at God as my father and then having my own relationship with my dad and how those two lined up that spilt right over into that you know i had a terrible time having faith and trust in god because of my lack of relationship that i had with my dad um so all these things are you know connected you know a lot of the stuff that i've dealt with in the past and still deal with a little bit today uh come from I, I know they come from my relationship with my parents because I can I can tell by the interactions that I have with women based off of how uh, the, the things that I didn't get from my mom or the things that, you know, she did uh, give me. Uh, my mom was from the South. Um, uh, she was strict, kind of overprotective and stuff like that. So... Uh, I know I've said this before, I forgot what episode, but I've 
at one point in my life, I was attracted to a lot of women that had, so to speak, the upper hand over me mentally. Um, and I know that came from my relationship with my mom and how she, how our interaction was. And like I said, this is not to put any blame on parents or anything like that. Because over the years, as as I've gotten older and wiser, I've seen the dynamic in you know in in some of my parents' relationships with some of their elders. So, and I I was told this uh, when I was going to therapy years ago. The first time I started going to therapy, how uh, my mentor he told me he was like. Once you're an adult, you ain't got no time to be sitting around blaming your parents for nothing. You're an adult now, so you need to be doing the work. And that goes to some of the inner child work where they talk about you have to reparent yourself. You, you're you an adult now, so uh, at that point, you have to be the parent to your inner child. And that's, that's a form of the inner child uh, work and healing that you have to do to get over, you know, some of these uh, things, traumas and stuff like that. And let me take a sip one second. Yeah, so those are some of the ways um, that you can tell if your inner child is has been wounded. Um, and I know, I know it's deep and people... People don't want to go there. And like I said, some people are like, man, I'm just trying to have a good time and live life. You only got one life to live. But it is what it is. You know, if these things are affecting you in any type of way, they and I know, I know nobody is going to sit here and tell me that nobody, everybody deals with something. And it all starts from our beginning. So we're all dealing with something. And I'm not here to try to force anybody to live, how to tell them how to live their life or anything like that. Like I said, I'm just making the introduction. And part of my introduction to you is, uh, you know, explaining to you uh, what I've gone through. Because um, anytime I, I will speak on anything that has to do with depression, anxiety, inner child work, spirituality, anything with society and culture and all that, I'm always going to speak from my experiences. Um, and, you know, it's it's up to you, you know, whether you want to keep going through certain things or, you know, if, if, if you recognize in certain things and you want to you wanna stop repeating certain cycles and stuff like that, yeah, it's up to you. But, um let me go into uh, actually what they say is inner child healing. And they say, on its own, inner child healing reconnects us to the wounded elements of our inner child within. According to prominent psycho-spiritual counselor and mentor, Matteo Soul, quote, Inner child work is the process of contacting, understanding, embracing, and healing your inner child. Your inner child represents your first original self that entered into this world. It contains your capacity to experience wonder, 
joy, innocence, sensitivity, and playfulness. And I'm going to read that, that quote again. Inner child work is the process of contacting, understanding, embracing, and healing your inner child. Your inner child represents your first original self that entered into this world. It contains your capacity to experience wonder, joy, innocence, sensitivity, and playfulness. And what's uh, interesting, uh, while I was reading that quote, I was thinking about this meme that I've seen several times on social media about saying, if you don't heal, uh, if you don't heal your inner child or your past or something like that, you're just going to pass it on to your kids uh, and going to keep experiencing it in your life and all that other stuff. So, you know, this is definitely something that that will affect you in some way, you know, um, Excuse me. If you don't want to deal with it now, it's going to deal with you in some form or fashion. Um, another thing that it says is uh, the reconnection of your inner child allows you to discover the root of your phobias, fears, insecurities, and self-sabotaging inclinations. And like I said, like... Um, I've lined up certain aspects of my life in the past and now that I know came from my childhood, my upbringing. You know, insecurities, fears and stuff. I have ter- I I have terrible social anxiety. It's not as bad as it used to be, but I I'm not going to say it's terrible because it's definitely not as bad as it used to be. I can get up and go places, walk in the room, be by myself, go, you know, go places alone. But in the past, I couldn't do stuff like that. And I know where it came from. Uh, I'm not going to go into it on on uh, this particular episode. It lines up to another episode. But it came from things that I've learned as a child. You know, uh, as I've, I think I spoke about it on the first episode that I've ever done, you know, how I used to always ask questions and stuff like that. And my mom used to be like, she used to yell at me and say, like, stop asking a thousand and one questions or whatever. You know, that that stayed with me all the way up until, you know, I was an adult. You know, I was afraid to be outspoken at, at one point. I was afraid to ask questions. And then it got to the point where it was so deep down inside of me that, it will come out in in anger form, you know. So when I would finally speak up or ask questions or whatever, it will come off in a bad way. It will rub people the wrong way, you know. Um, so these these things all, like I said, if you don't deal with it, it's going to deal with you. Um, it's, it's several ways that... Um, you can do your inner child work. Um, your inner child healing. Take a sip. And some of the things that I've done from stuff that I've looked up. Stuff that I got from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Look him up on YouTube, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Also look up Louise Hay. Look her up. Um, 
and stuff that I've gotten also from, you know, my therapist, other things that I've I've read and stuff like that. But some of the things that I have done to uh, heal my inner child and just, you know, inner child work, I already mentioned one of them was the inner child meditation. And there's tons of stuff online on YouTube, and these are guided meditations. So they will actually guide you through certain steps of, you know, working with your your inner child and stuff like that. Uh, I've also done some journaling um, where I've, like, written certain feelings that I've had that I remember having as a child. Um, They also tell you... uh, you can write a letter to your inner child um, in the form of an apology, um, uh, explaining things uh, about, you know, about like, I want to say this the right way. Uh, you can explain to them uh, how you see how you understand why they uh, picked up the things that they picked up. Sort of like a, a an apology letter, you know, not to the extent of actually saying, I'm sorry, but sort of the, you're, you're acknowledging why they picked up the things that they picked up and actually telling them that, you know, it's okay, you know, I understand. Because a lot of times um, in these situations, you will beat yourself up. I I've remember countless incidents where I've said to myself, damn, why are you acting like this? Why can't you stop acting like this? You know, why can't you stop thinking like this? Why do you let these, why are you letting these people, why are you letting these situations affect you the way that they are? I've done that plenty of times. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's an acknowledgement letter, not an apology letter. They, they also recommend apology letters, but what I'm speaking of right now is acknowledgement letter. Um, and another thing that they, they tell you to do is uh, identify your specific inner child. And they say that uh, some of them uh, I've read were the abandoned child, um, the playful child, the fearful fearful child. And what it says about the abandoned child is this inner child often emerges from not getting enough attention from parents. It can be relatively innocent, such as parents being too busy, or it can be more severe coming from abuse or neglect. The playful child, this child is healthy and often neglected in adulthood. Do you remember when you were feeling playful and spontaneous, having fun without guilt or or anxiety? The fearful child. This child received a lot of criticism and regularly experiencing anxiety when not getting enough affirmation. And that's one thing that I definitely... Two of those I definitely resonate with is the abandoned child and the fearful child. And I say that because I know that, like, even just going off of uh, my love languages, and that will be a future episode, uh, I 
I have a constant need for affirmation, particularly in the past. It was just awful. I needed constant affirmation, words of affirmation. And, you know, the abandoned child, like I always I always needed to be seen. And what's interesting is I've talked about this in my blog before. Uh, uh, when I first started going to therapy, we uh, me and the therapist at that time, we would we were uh trying to figure out when I first started uh dealing with depression and we came to the conclusion that it was when I was 13 years old and at 13 years old um I just moved from one neighborhood to a totally new neighborhood and this was at the beginning the summer before my freshman year of high school and I I've started writing about this in a book that I'm working on about uh, it was it was an aha moment for me, actually, because I realized when I made that move that, you know, I didn't have my friends from my old neighborhood no more. I was pretty much all by myself because my brother, my older brother was off at college and, you know, he was doing his whole thing and me and him are six years apart and that was at the moment where I actually found myself alone it was like an abandonment moment for me um I realized that you know um in those moments that my parents already already had uh uh not me and my dad wasn't close already but being in that new neighborhood, having no no friends, and my brother was doing this college stuff, um, I found myself, you know, that's when I actually found myself alone. I had to be doing, you know, uh, everything alone. And even with my relationship with my mom, my mom, she, you know, worked a lot or whatever. And who knows what what she was going through, Who what both my parents were going through. And me getting older, I understand that they were going through things. So that was an abandonment. That's when my depression actually started. And it makes total sense because that's when I was actually had to realize that I was by myself. I didn't have any friends in that new neighborhood. Um, and, of course, like I was saying, the fearful child, you know, the affirmations and stuff like that. Um, and this is something it was like uh when I was younger um I was always considered the bad child compared to my to my brother uh you know my brother was the <laughs> as I've said in the past when I've talked to other people about the situation he was like the prodigal son <laughs> and I was just the bad child <laughs> um so um I it was some other it was some I think it was some other um specific inner child that they said um there were I thought I had it uh written down cuz I certainly don't remember it. Um let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh uh types of uh inner child types of inner child um uh um, um let me see if I can find it. I thought I had it here. Um 
Let me see. Um, uh, 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 yeah, one thing that I did want to mention, and I'm glad I, I thought about this, um, was about that, you know, uh, as a child, uh, we, we want to feel safe. And it's not just being physically safe. It's emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually safe. And a lot of times, you know, we just get caught up into the physical aspect. Um, and just think about as an adult when when you're in relationships, because, you know, in society, the focus is always on romantic relationships and romantic love. And there will be a future podcast about that as well. <laughs> but we focus so much on romantic uh, relationships, romantic love and stuff like that. Think about in those situations when you're in in a relationship with a man or a woman, you want to feel safe, right? And you, it's not that you want to feel safe physically. You want to feel safe emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. What do people always say? Can I protect you with my heart? You know, so that's the same thing with with that's coming from your inner child right there. If that's such a, a worry and a focus uh, for you as an adult, uh, that's because that's something that you were dealing with as a child. And you're just, you know, bringing it along with you as you get older. Um, but I can't find the other. I, I thought there were some other uh, specific inner child um examples but i think that might be it but um as i was saying you know about the emotional uh psychological and uh spiritual safety you know you think about the emotional neglect uh uh your parents uh, or guardians didn't show interest in your emotional needs for love support protection and or guidance uh you didn't get enough attention um and I'm I'm reading one of the articles now, and it says from that emotional ne emotional neglect uh, that can develop into uh, low self worth or low self esteem. Uh, you be you begin to ignore your own emotional needs. Um, you learn to hide from, avoid, or repress your emotions. Um, you develop psychological or physical sickness. Um, psychological neglect. Uh, it says this type of neglect manifested from uh, your parents or guardians who failed to listen to, embrace, and nurture the person you were. Uh, as you grew older, you likely developed... Uh, Low self-esteem issues due to forms of abuse such as ridicule, put-downs, overly high expectations, being ignored, rejected, or constantly punished. Um, you develop deep-seated anger issues both from unresolved childhood trauma and an inability to love oneself. You develop addictions, uh, neurosis to create a misguided sense of comfort and safety within your life. Uh, you have problems sustaining healthy and respectful relationships. Uh, some of the physical neglect that says um, low self-worth resulting in physical neglect, abuse of oneself, eating disorders, 
uh, intense safety-seeking behaviors, psychological complexes such, such as OCD or extreme risk-taking behaviors, unprotected sex, obsessive daredevil feats, addictions to drugs and alcohol, violence, food, uh, sexual dysfunction or promiscuous, <laughs> promiscuous. <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I'm I'm trying to read over certain words because, <laughs> but yeah, uh, sexual dysfunction or promiscuous, being promiscuous. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so you know, those are all examples, you know, and. Like, seriously sit down and, and think about this. You know, you have to actually sit and and take inventory of your emotions and feelings at times. You just can't always jump out there and react because that may be coming from a place other than what's triggering you, you know. Um, you can't, I see a lot of people, just think about this, think about this. I know people out there watch reality TV. Look at that shit on reality TV. Although we may know that some of that that crap is is scripted or whatever, but some of the, a lot of that stuff is is dysfunction, dysfunction from all types of emotional, uh, mental, spiritual type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Look at those those. Um, situations with people being in relationships and stuff on those uh reality shows relationships with their significant other or relationship with the women that 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 shows you all of this and you and we have to we have to look in the mirror and understand and this is me included that when you are always being so reaction actionary and it's always toxic and stuff like that. That that is coming from someplace, especially when it's happening with multiple people. You cannot sit there and say that five different people is making you act the same way. Seriously. So we have to take an inventory of our feelings and emotions. And like I always say, I'm. I will always say we. Because I'm not immune. Nobody is immune. So stop looking at these entertainers with all this money and these so-called great lives and stuff. Or whoever you follow on social media only giving you highlights of their life and thinking that they're better than you. Because you're only seeing a tiny portion of their life. You don't know what they're going through. Focus on yourself. I get caught up. I get caught up too. So... This ain't nothing new. But like I was talking about uh, inner child work, uh, inner child healing, some things you can do. And these are things that I've done, uh, things that I've picked up myself. Um, I have a, a post-it note on my mirror in my bathroom. And on it, it says, I love you. I trust you. And I picked that up from watching videos uh of Louise Hay and what that is called is mirror work so I sit in front of the mirror uh I do this in the morning when I'm getting ready for work and when I 
uh, before I go to bed at night. Um, I look in the mirror, look into my eyes, and I tell myself, I love you, Dirk. I really love you, and I trust you. I say that to myself because we we spend a lot of time looking to hear that from other people, but we don't even tell it to ourselves. So tell yourself you you love you, you know? Big yourself up, you know? If you're not celebrating yourself, who's going to celebrate you? Don't look for nobody to celebrate you. You spend more time with yourself than anybody else does. Another thing um, I do, um, like I already said, I do. Uh, I did the meditation. Um, I'm going to do some more of that because that, that one time was pretty powerful for me. Um, I didn't do journaling in the beginning, but I, I have done that. Um, I started doing that, journaling, uh, writing down certain feelings. Uh, uh, even just some of the writing that I'm doing is, is therapeutic for me. Um, it can be intense, but it's therapeutic for me. Um, I get it out. Um, another thing that I do, like I already told you, I have those pictures of my three-year-old and eight-year-old self. I have those pictures on my uh, in my bedroom. I have them on uh, my dresser, and I look at them often. I also have them on my on my uh, my altar, my spiritual altar in my living room. I have a couple of them there, and I look at them. You know, I look at my three year old self. Every picture of my three year old self, he's got the cheesy Kool Aid smile. Um, my eight year old self. Um, just standing there, no smile <laughs> on his face, but you know, I connect with them by looking at those pictures. You know, you know, I, it helps me because at times when I when I'm not looking at the pictures, certain thoughts will pop into my head about my three year old self when I'm in certain situations, and I'll be like, you know, my three year old self will be having fun right now. You know, um, I need to start being more like my three year old self. And sometimes I think, you know, about my eight-year-old self and I, you know, and I sit with that. Um, it's not always positive. Sometimes it's, it is negative. Sometimes I, I look at it and I be like, damn, you know, I, I, I feel his pain just by looking at his face because I've seen that face as an adult. I can feel, I can literally feel the pain from his face from the pain that I've experienced as an adult. Um, those are some of the things that I I do. Um, some of the things that I've read that I will be I will be incorporating is um, telling telling you know your your inner child you're sorry um, for the things that that's happened to him and stuff like that. Um, him or her. Um, telling them you know you didn't deserve this. You know, you didn't deserve this. It wasn't your fault because it can be embarrassing. Um, you can, f I felt embarrassed. I felt ashamed about, you know, how, I, how I've gone through certain portions of my life and, you know, how I acted and then to find out this is, com this is coming from, you know, a place where, a point in my life or a place in my life where I had no control over it, you know? This is something that was was taught to me. This is something that I picked up, you know? So, you know, it's it's good to do a lot of reflection 
on the timeline of your your childhood. Um, of course, you can, like I said, you can write a letter to your inner child. I haven't done that yet. Um, I've thought about it. Um, I haven't done it yet, though. But it's something that you can do. Um, uh, what else? Uh, this one thing, uh, which is interesting, it says write a letter from your inner child. Um, and th- oh, actually, yeah, I have. Re- yeah, my therapist gave me something like this, and th- this is this is uh, a a little twist to it. It says uh, when you write a letter from your inner child, use your non-dominant hand in order to bypass your logical side of the brain. Write yourself a letter from the perspective of your inner child. For example, if you are usually a right-handed, use your left hand to write. Using your non-dominant hand will help you get more in touch with the feelings of your inner inner child. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I have I have heard about that before. Yeah, my uh, therapist gave me that before. That's interesting. And I did say that I was going to try that. I actually have the paper right upstairs. Um, it says also, uh, share your pain with a trusted person. I do that with my therapist. Um, I also, uh, have my mentor that I share certain things with, um, loving and supportive affirmations. Um, um, I say affirmations every day. Um, I have over 200 and something affirmations saved in my cell phone, (laughs) um, that's why uh that's how I came up with uh my blog greatest i am i am as dr wayne dyer said is two of the most powerful words that you can use because they shape your reality um i am great i am positive i am smart i am loving i am peaceful i am patient i am successful And, of course, they can be used in a negative way. And I'm sure we've all done that. Um, What else? Uh, Of course, the inner child meditation. Um, And as it says, uh, be your own protector and nurturer. Reparent yourself. That's, That's the term for it. Reparent yourself. You know, as you do the reflection of your timeline, uh, of your childhood, and just, or even, you know, as you go throughout your day-to-day lives, and you know certain uh, things that trigger you and stuff like that, parent yourself. You're in control of your life. So, you know, be the parent to yourself, you know. Give them the things that you've, you've wanted as a child, because I'm pretty sure the things that you wanted as a child are the things that you want now. Um, so what else? And also they say, uh, you know, speak to your inner child, you know. Uh, that's, you can do your mirror work that way, or you can do your journaling, write down certain things, uh, write your letters and stuff like that. Um, look into your eyes and say it. Um Oh, and this is a big one too, and this is something that um that I said to myself that I need to start doing as well. Um, because I think a lot of times as as we get older or whatever, we get so caught up in society and how they say, you know, what society tells us we should be doing at a certain age or as an adult, 
we forget about, you know, being childlike. And um, even in the Bible, that Bible verse, when they say put away childish things or whatever, I kind of find that I've had conflict with that with that verse over the past um, past year uh, with me going through my therapy and doing inner child work and stuff like that. Because um, when you when you think about children and stuff like that, they live so freely. You know, they have no concerns and stuff like that. They don't take too much seriously. So um, getting more in touch with my with my child like self is something that I said I was going to do and something that, you know, my therapist suggested to me, you know, do more things that, you know, uh, I would do as a child. You know, um, some of the things that I have on my list is um, going to the batting cage, stuff that I used to do as a child when I was playing baseball, um, anything. Just shit, go run and play. I don't go, you know, play more basketball, um, uh, whatever. But just start doing more things that make you feel like a child. You know, it's okay. It's okay. And that's that's some of the uh, things that I've been trying to tell, you know, tell myself and and believe, actually, that it's okay to be childlike, you know. Um, what else? Let me see. Um, let me see. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tons of stuff. Tons of stuff online. And like I said, I'm just the introduction. Take your time. If all of this stuff resonates with you and you feel that you want to try it, it, the information that I gave you is just stuff that just scratched the sur- surface. You know, you can go online, uh, Google, just type in inner child healing, inner child work. You can go on YouTube, inner child meditation, stuff will pop up. Um, it's, it's all types of stuff online that you can you can find that, you know, deals with inner child work and inner child healing. And don't forget to, um, like I was saying, you know, uh, celebrate yourself. Tell yourself thank you, you know. Um, you know, tell yourself you did your best. Um we gotta stop looking so much for other people to um give us positive affirmation, you know, and be our own positive reinforcements. And you know, that'll that'll only make situations better for us when we, you know, deal with other people. And it's just not on the romantic level or anything like that just relationships period because every our whole life is about relationships you know uh work school play um romantic um and another thing i want to say is you know just just be mindful of this is something that i get i i catch myself with you know um in the process of me dealing with depression and anxiety, I was just so negative. I used to beat myself up terribly. Like, I, would, my therapist said this to me. My mentor said this to me, how bad I would beat 
myself up. So just be conscious of, you know, the things that you you tell yourself or the thoughts that you have. You know, it would be times even when I would have these thoughts where I was beating myself up or the things that I would say, then I would beat myself up more just for doing it. (laughs) So, you know, now I find myself if I have a negative thought or I say something negative, you know, I just stop myself and stay dirt. You know, I just breathe and I just say, you good, you good. And I just keep it moving. And another thing that um, this goes into the the inner child work and inner child healing um, is a lot of people, this has been coming out lately, a lot of people have been doing hypnotherapy. And I've actually talked to people who've actually done it and they say how great it has worked for them. That That hasn't been something that I've tried yet. Um, I've contemplated it yet. Um it will happen in due time, whenever it's time, if it's time, when I'm ready, if I'm not ready, you know, it is what it is. But it, it helps a lot of people. I've heard a lot of people talk about it and they say how how it helped. <laughs> um, so I hope, you know, this um, episode, all the information that I've given you has been helpful, you know, Um like I said, I can't force nobody to to do anything, you know, but, you know, I'm just the introduction. I'm just the messenger. You know, it's up to you what you're going to do. So it's here. Um, as I always say, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, thank you for all the feedback. Continue giving me feedback. Don't be afraid to give me feedback. Um, don't be afraid to share the podcast because if you enjoy the podcast, share it. It might help somebody else. Or if you think somebody, it could help somebody else, share it. You know, I'm not Jay-Z, Beyonce, or Puffy or nothing, but you can still share it. You know, that Popeye's chicken sandwich about to come out Sunday. Um, I know y'all going to be posting about that on social media. So post about something good like a taste to consider podcast. Uh, download, listen delete download listen delete download so i can get my numbers listen and then delete even if you've already because i always say it at the end of the podcast which is weird but even if you already listen you can still download after you listen and then delete it download it let it download let let it go through let it cycle through and then delete it that's all i need but you know, I appreciate all of you guys uh, that listen, that hit me up, uh, give me feedback. All the people who've hit me up and said, uh, when is the next podcast? Where you been? <laughs> I appreciate that. But like I said, um, if you haven't heard from me in a while, check out Unproductive and Unapologetic Podcast because I'm on there as well. So throughout the month, you'll get two episodes from Unproductive and Unapologetic Podcast, and you'll get two episodes from uh a taste to consider podcast um i'm gonna end this this uh episode like i always do with a song um you know i always line up the the songs with what the episode is about well at least i try to you know i i try to so far it's been working out pretty good but um yeah get at me um greatest i am blog dot com uh, 
I should be writing something soon, and it'll most likely be about, um, you know, the weather change and seasonal depression. Um, that is something that a lot of people deal with, something that I've dealt with uh, before uh, as the the time changes, which it will change uh, this weekend. Um, also, check out... Uh, unproductive and unapologetic on instagram uh check out uh greatest.i.am.blog on instagram and of course a taste to consider podcast on instagram i appreciate y'all um i love y'all man i feel great Yo, more than the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was just a little gigolo, I looked up to my bigger bro, begged if I could kick it. So when he went out with girls, I could go tagging along, nagging. If she had a sis, maybe could mack a baby hood rat. Y'all remember way back then, when it was 1985, all the way live, I think I was about 10. One of those happy little fools singing the blues that be always trying to bag with the shag and karate shit. Saying, yo mama black, his mama this, his mama that. Then he get mad and want his crap. We stay mad about 10 minutes, then it's like back on the bike. To play hide and go get it with the younger souls by the bungalows. Then switch to playing ding dong ditch when that gets old and too cold to hack it. Threw on a bomber jacket, you can tell the ballers cause they bell wearing gazelles. If they really had money raised, be sport decays. And all the girls had they Turkish link If it broke, then they made earrings to it Like they meant to do it But sometimes I still sit and reminisce Then think about the years I was raised Back in the days Back in the days when I was young I'm not a kid anymore But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again Back in the days when I was young I'm not a kid anymore But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again Back in the days when I was young I'm not a kid anymore But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. I'm still back in the days, but now the year is 87, 88. That's when my crew and I were in junior high in seventh grade. I hated school. No doubt I couldn't wait to get out and be a grown up. But let me finish this reminiscing and telling about when girls were spelling tight corduroys like put a boy's basket weaves, Nike Cortez and footsie socks, and eating pickles with Tootsie Pops, and it don't. Stop. I'm glad cause when JJ Fair did supersonic it was kinda like a sport To wear biker shorts or to wear jeans you could smack if you mad right To hoochies with poison and brushed on they backside Dudes had on Nike suits and the boomers with the fat laces Cause it was either that or K-Swiss I miss those days So I pout like a grown jerk We shit all I had to do now was finish homework It's true you don't realize really what you got till it's gone And I'm not gonna sing another sad song but sometimes I do sit and reminisce and think about the years I was raised back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and back in the day. I'm 18 years old and guess you can say I'm holding down 
a steady job and through steady Marvin, you steady Marvin, your head and I paid, so I got it made, but didn't always have clout, used to live in South Central LA, that's where I stayed and figured a way out, I gave it all I had, so for what it's worth, I went from rags to riches, which is a drag, but now I'm first, so yeah, we said that we was gonna make it since a kid, and we finally did. But sometimes I still sit and reminisce and think about the years I was raised back in the days. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days.